It's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston, and welcome to another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm your host, Brian Beatty, and uh, thanks for joining us this morning. So we're going to cover a few topics today. We're going to do a, a year in review. We're going to talk about 2022. I'm going to get pretty specific with what happened to a bunch of different areas of Charleston. We've seen amazing appreciation. So I'm going to give you some stats for what happened Year over year, we're going to go all the way back to 2018. You know, as an example, if you lived in Somerville from 2018 until now, I'm going to tell you how much your home is appreciated. And some of these numbers are going to be fantastic news for you. <laughs> they're, they're crazy. They're, they're great. Um, so we're going to talk about a few different sections of our market here locally. Again, what happened last year? Um, talk more about the outlook for this year. Things are changing. We're, things aren't quite as bad as I think some folks were led to believe. Obviously, we've got a lot of things going us for, for us here in Charleston specifically, which is why it's always so dangerous to look at like national news and then try and tie that to our local market. We're just, we're a little different. We're built a little differently. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some things that um, the White House is proposing with regard to tenant protection uh, in response to just the, the massive increase that we're seeing across the board with regard to rental rates uh, and what they're attempting to do or what they're trying to do to to manage that. Uh, and then last, I just want to end with a few things that I think you should be asking your real estate agent that kind of go, these are like the, the really good questions you would want to ask if you're interviewing an agent, things that you might not think to ask, but are absolutely applicable. So that's the plan over the course of the next hour. Now, if at any point in time, you know, you hear something and you'd like more information. Maybe you just want to have a conversation with me off air. You know, I do sell real estate uh, Monday to Sunday. Uh, our team has been in the top 1% of agents here locally since 2009. Uh, we've sold about 1,300 homes, about a billion dollars worth of real estate locally. So would love the opportunity to either just help you through a situation, provide you with a recommendation, or of course, earn your business. Our number is 843-800-0065. In fact, that's my personal number. That will come straight to me. So you can call or text that. I'll be the one that answers. 843-800-0065. Now, if you want to do a little research on us, you'd like to uh, look at some of the resources we have available on our website, search the MLS, find out your ho- how much your home is worth, or find out how many buyers we have for your home right now, then you can go to listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Dot com Or lastly, you can just send me an email, brian at brianbeattyteam.com. So let's start first with what happened last year. And I've got a whole big old stack of papers with me. So uh, excuse me as I'm kind of flipping through this stuff because, look, I like stats. I'm a numbers guy. There's no way I, can rem- <laughs> I can't uh, remember all these, all these specific numbers. But uh, the Charleston Association of Realtors does a good job really on a monthly basis of helping us understand kind of the direction of the market, what's happened, and then 
you know, as a real estate agent that has been following the numbers, following trends within the market and advising accordingly uh, for, for a long time, I've just been a, a numbers junkie and it served my clients really well because, of course, we use that information to our advantage to help time the market, uh, which is always something that everybody wants to do, but very few get it right. And of course, there are things that are just outside of our control, but information is power in my opinion, and the better we understand the direction of the market, the better we can plan our next move, our next purchase, our next sale, our next investment, so on and so forth. So uh, if we look just at a few of the different categories that I'm going to cover for 2022, those would be things like sales, listings, showings, new construction, prices, and then of course, you know, distressed property, which we can just start with that. It was basically... um, non-existent 0.6% of all transactions were in distress, meaning they were foreclosure or short sale sales. And I can remember back in, I want to say it was 2012, may have been 2011, but about 30% of our market was in distress. And frankly, that's how I kind of made a name for myself, so to speak. I mean, in 2008, um, I had been licensed for two years and well, 2006, 2007, 2008, the market crashes. By 2009, I'm, I'm 24 years old. Uh, if so dating myself here, but, um, you know, I'd, I'd risen to the top 1% of agents in the market because I specialized in short sales foreclosures, helping investors acquire them, helping sellers out of bad situations, working with banks to sell their distressed inventory, so on and so forth. And so it's just not a, component of uh, what we do now, but I'll tell you the skills that were developed and the hustle that was developed to sell that type of real estate and and to truly help people uh, is a skill set that I have carried with me over the course of my 17-year career. Um, And so now that you see a market like the one we're in now where things are shifting, they're returning to normalcy, there's a bit of a lack of motivation and demand uh, and still very few things for sale. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy for real estate agents out there. Everybody's fighting tooth and nail for, for clients and for deals. And so that's why kind of at the very end of this program, I want to give you some questions that you should be asking agents to, I guess, prevent yourself from getting into a situation where uh, you've aligned yourself with an agent that basically told you what you wanted to hear. Right. And then you have very little recourse. If, they don't do what they say they're going to do. So we'll, we'll talk about that toward the end of the program, but let's just start first with sales. Um, and this is all for the end of the year, 2022, of course, compared to last year, 2021. Pending sales were down 20%. We finished with a little over 19,000 properties going under contract. Closings were down 18%. We sold just a hair under 20,000 properties last year. Listings, if we compare 2022 to the prior year, the number of homes available for sale was actually up by 63%. There were 2,859 active listings at the end of 2022. Now I'm going to get to that stat again here in just a minute, but we are below that number still. In fact, if you, I'll just talk about it now. If you uh, exclude new construction homes or proposed construction homes, and you just look at what can I buy and live in right now, you've got a little over 1,600 options. That is not a lot of inventory. And that's one of the reasons why, in fact, the main reason why prices are still stable. 
in our market. In other areas of the country, specifically in the Pacific Northwest, um, I'm sorry, uh, South Southwest. Um, I mean, even um, well, I mean, California is, is just you know they're they're the market that we like to pick on. I mean, their prices are down and they're projecting to go down by double digits this year. Different story for us, which is why it's so important that you focus on local statistics, local trends, and you work with somebody that understands them so that they can advise you accordingly. Um, but listings, you know, they, they ticked up uh, nicely. Uh, and at the end of 2022, we had you know almost 2,900 homes available to choose from. Now we've got a little over 1,600 if you uh, eliminate new construction. Um, showings, you know, showings compared to 2021 were down 12%. There were ten showings before going before the properties went under contract, um, but interestingly, February was the peak month for showings for our market last year, and we were getting about eleven showings on average per property per month. Now, if you look at the stats, there are about four four and a half showings per month. It's obvious that there has been a big reduction in demand. And inventory, although it creeped up last year, which creates more showings, it stayed relatively consistent, but we're harboring it around four or five showings per listing per month on average. Now, again, when I look at a home that's priced, gosh, let's say I'm looking at something that's under $350,000 in West Ashley versus a you know, a $1.5 million listing in Mount Pleasant. The one that's under three fifty is going to get way more showings than the one that's for $1.5 million just because of the nature of the number of buyers that are available for that property and in that price range. But we use this information to determine, you know, how close are we to the expectations we had when we put the property on the market? You know, if we know that we should be getting a certain number of showings per month and we're way above that, but we haven't gotten any offers, we need to dig deeper. We need to figure out what's going on there. Maybe it just, maybe we're just off or maybe the agent isn't calling the other agent that showed the property to try and get them to make an offer. Maybe there's just not a lot of salesmanship happening. Um, or maybe you're just not getting the number of showings you should be getting. Maybe you haven't had any showings at all in the first 30 days. I mean, there are corrective measures that can be taken. And that's going to be another question that you're going to want to ask your agent, which I'm going to give you here at the end of the show, uh, which is, you know, what is your game plan to continuously market the property to find buyers for it. Most agents have a very simple, quite frankly, set it and forget it approach to marketing real estate. There aren't many ongoing things that they do or outside of the box things that they do to continuously generate interest. They basically just put the advertisement out there and say, all right, well, I guess if we don't get an offer in 30 days, we'll reduce the price. Right? So we'll talk more about that. Um, Prices. Prices are uh, where everybody likes to, you know, that's that's where the most fun is in, in all this data. And so let me let me just get to that really quickly, and I'll tell you uh, where we are with things. If we look at the median sales price for just Charleston in general, from 2021 to 2022, the median sales price was up 14%. We ended the year at $398,615. Back in 2018, it was 266,500. So from 2018, we're up 50%. Charleston County is up 50% from 2018, 17% from 2021. 
Berkeley County is up 58% from 2018 and 14% from 2021. And Dorchester County is up 54% from 2018 and 18% from 2021. And then I'm just going to run down this list really quickly. So if you're listening, just watch out for your area. Daniel Island was up 21.6%. The Dorchester Road Corridor, you know, off Ashley, Ashley Phosphate, they were up 17%. Downtown Charleston up 12%. Edisto, 14%. Folly Beach, 32%. Goose Creek Monks Corner, 16%. North Charleston, 16%. Somerville, 18%. Hanahan, 17%. Hollywood, Ravenel, Meggett, 8.5%. Big opportunity in that area, by the way. Um, Isle of Palms, 19%. James Allen, 23%. Johns Island, 33%. Kiowa, 53%, which is a misleading statistic because they do a lot of their stuff that is not uh, entered into the Charleston Trident Association of Realtors MLS. So uh, actually pay no attention to that stat because it's not really correct. You're missing a lot of data there. Lower Mount Pleasant up 25%. Their median sales price was $738,000 last year, up from four seventy dollars in 2018. It's a lot of moolah for folks that have lived in Mount Pleasant for the past few years. Um, let's see. St. George, rural Dorchester County, they were up 23%. Rural Berkeley County up 41%. Sullivan's Island up 27%. Get this. Median sales price on Sullivan's Island last year, $3.75 million. Five years ago, it was $1.9. Yeehaw. They are up 94% since 2018. The Upper Charleston Peninsula, right? So downtown above the Crosstown, that's up 6.5%. Upper Mount Pleasant up 22%. Wando Canehoy up 14%. And West Ashley up 18%. In other words, a lot of appreciation has happened in our market. And now people are sitting fairly pretty with a really nice cushion. And there are still plenty of folks that wanted to buy last year. Maybe they made an offer and it just didn't get accepted because you know the first quarter of the year was was a continuation of 2021 where you know it was you, you had to give away your firstborn child in order to buy a house and you had to buy it uh, and and waive your home inspection and you know your appraisal and this that and the other. It was just very very challenging to buy a house, um, but we're starting to see a nice little resurgence of activity. In fact, January is busier than I thought it was going to be. So um, now that I've read some of these stats, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I think is happening right now, what's going to happen in our market over the next few months throughout the year. So that you can plan accordingly. I'm sure there are plenty of folks listening that uh, have an interest in in moving. Maybe not a need, but an interest. And in, and in those situations, having the right information to rely on uh, is is paramount. So if that's something that I can do for you, if you're thinking about making a move, you know we've got multiple incentives that we can offer, uh, a, a variety of different commission structured plans that uh, we think work really well for folks based on you know what they want from us. So if you'd like more information on that, my number is eight four three. 800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or check us out online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Stick around for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Visit Brian Beatty's website at listingsincharleston.com. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues next on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. 
Now, the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues on Charleston's Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm your host, Brian Beatty. And uh, if you're just joining us, we were just really reviewing what happened last year in real estate compared to you know, what our market looked like in 2021. We went all the way back to 2018 and, and showed that in most instances, Almost every area of Charleston has appreciated at least 50%. There have, there have been some markets, my gosh, that have almost doubled in the past five years. And certainly specific properties have doubled or more in value, depending upon what they bought it for and then ultimately what they sold it for and whether there was any value added there. But um, we find ourselves in a very interesting market and we're, we're kind of getting hit from a bunch of different sides that make projections, very challenging. You know, if you follow this closely like I do, I mean, obviously with me having a radio show, I, I want to give you guys the best of the best, not just a, a you know, a mashup of my experiences as, as somebody that's been doing this for, you know, 17 years and, you know, blah, 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 sold a bunch of homes. Um, and, and the fact that I also coach other agents nationally. Um, so I get to hear what's going on in their neck of the woods. I, I mean, I've coached a guy in Canada as well, which is a totally different market. And um, so you, you get a really interesting um, idea of what's happening nationwide. And I'm just here to tell you that our market is going to quote unquote, weather this storm um, significantly better than other areas of the country. Why do I say that? Well, we've got pretty good economics here locally. We're a destination market. Um, and I think we're going to continue to be one, you know, even if you eliminate the kind of work from anywhere, you know, massive reshuffling of society when COVID hit, uh, where you can work from home and choose where you live. We had a lot of people, of course, come to Charleston. But even before then, even before COVID, we have had so many people from the Northeast, from Ohio. I mean, now we're starting to see a bunch of folks from the West Coast trying to get out of that crazy market uh, coming to Charleston. We've got international buyers here. We've got institutional buyers that are still here, not in as uh, full of force as they were you know, at the beginning of last year in 2021, where, you know, you'd, you'd get a letter. In fact, uh, John Quincy just showed me a, a letter that he received from uh, a home buyer, uh, you know, program. It's just a collection of investors that have pooled money together um, to try and buy properties on the cheap. And they just blanket, you know, subdivisions with, hey, I'll buy your home for X. And they're probably just taking the Zestimate deducting 35% and looking for, um, you know, the suckers out there or the people that are just in really bad financial situations. Um, and they probably pick up quite a few homes doing it that way. But anyways, when we look at what's going on this year and, and we, you know, we know that like, you know, Fed Chair Jerome Powell made it very clear last summer that increasing mortgage rates would help to kind of reset the housing market, which had turned into kind of a, a buyer's nightmare during the pandemic. Well, I mean, that's exactly what happened. A bunch of people either got priced out of the market or they took a step back, decided the idea of moving just wasn't for them. It's just, it just doesn't make sense anymore. It's not worth the added monthly expense. But you also have a lot of people that still want to make a move. They've got legit reasons for moving other than just, hey, you know, we're sitting in this house that we could probably sell for half a million bucks, we've got a 5% interest rate on it. Remember, remember remember when we all thought that five was a good interest rate? 
or when six was a good interest rate, it was the normal interest rate. Um, I think if you do a, an average of the interest rate over the past 50 years, it's like 8%, by the way. Um, but of course, it hit 7% and you know everything in the market changed. Well, you know, it, for a lot of folks, it's just not worth the added monthly expense, but there are still plenty of people out there that want to make the move. They're just struggling to find the inventory, which is kind of what we're stuck on right now. But it did stop runaway appreciation. Um, the number of closings dropped dramatically nationwide. For us locally, it was a little under 20%. Um, and we had one of the biggest, you know, if not the, probably the biggest refinance boom of the century just kind of end abruptly. And in fact, just this week, uh, Goldman Sachs published a paper titled the 2023 Housing Overlook um, paper. And the paper argues that home sales are are bottoming out um, and that the home price correction phase that we're going through um, has a little bit more to run. It's going to take a little bit longer. Um, but in fact, here's a quote from it. It says, we suspect that existing home sales could decline slightly further, but will likely bottom out in Q1. We expect a peak to trough decline in national home prices of roughly 6% and for prices to stop declining around mid-year in 2023. On a regional basis, we project larger declines across the Pacific Coast and Southwest regions. But interestingly, it's it's been a pretty solid start to the year. I mean, demand, in my opinion at least, isn't quite as low as as we anticipated. And it's because there's still just very little for sale out there. I mean, remember, we're just a little over 1,600 homes for sale that you can buy and live in right now. And savvy, and sa- and savvy sellers are are keeping a close eye on the inventory because, you know, again, they want to try and time the market. And a lot of that has to do with what's available at any given point in time. What's recently sold? What were the circumstances surrounding that sale? Does it help you or hurt you? Uh, so on and so forth. I mean, I have a listing in downtown Charleston that for, for 3 million bucks that we put under contract in just a few days. Um, and, you know, we have a, a backup offer that's as good as it gets. I mean, it's just... You would think that in that kind of a price range, which was kind of our expectation that we're looking at about two, three months before the sale occurs, uh, we certainly did not underprice the property. And um, there you go. You had multiple people fighting over it. It's because there's still not much for sale. You still have a bunch of people on the sidelines watching and waiting for those right homes to hit the market. And when they see it, they swoop down and, and try and take it down. There, there's, there has been an uptick in buyer interest since the beginning of the year. And I think it's related to like three different things. Seasonality, the acceptance of the market, and then you know they've been able to get some deals on, th- on some things. There are some discounts that are now out there that are starting to show back up. It's just a return to normalcy in that you can actually negotiate a contract right now rather than having to just do what the seller wants you to do so that you can get the house, right? In other words, it's not like you, uh, you know, in 2021 and in the very early part of 2022, you know, everybody wants to win, right? They want to feel like they've won. Um, well, COVID era real estate, especially in Charleston was if your idea of winning is you're the one that won the house, not you won the boxing match between you and the seller. You beat them up and they're, you're getting a better deal than they're getting, which is like the traditional sense and what you mean when, when you talk about negotiating. So 
So these three different areas, seasonality, acceptance, and discounts. I mean, seasonality, if we just start there for a second, the housing market is always slowest at the end of the year. Picks back up in January and it goes into full force in the spring season, you know, right around the Super Bowl. Um, early indications are that buyers are out there and they're shopping again. I mean, they, again, they're waiting for the right property to hit the market. One interesting way of tracking that, which you as, you know, a, just a general listener, you know, someone in the general public has no idea about or has any access to would be like the number of people that reach out to real estate agents in any given day, week, or month, right? So just leads. So we can kind of measure the level of interest in the market, the level of demand in the market by the number of leads we're receiving any given month. I'll tell you that right now, our lead flow is significantly higher this month than it was in January of 2022, and I think, again, part of that is because, look, people are wrapping their head around the market. Um, interest rates have ticked down a little bit, making things a little bit more affordable. And there, there's been this bit of a reset button hit to where, hey, they can actually go out and they can, they can negotiate a deal again. And so it just seems like there are more buyers out there that are looking than actually signing contracts. I think there's still some, some trepidation, but the increased traffic, I, I do think, indicates you know, some, some underlying interest. In fact, 38% of builders um, in a recent report said that um, traffic was stronger than expected in January so far. So I think a, a key thing to watch in the coming months is just is inventory. I mean, that is the tipping point for our market. There's still very little of it. We still have a long ways to go. In fact, if you look at just the number of available housing units um, based on, you know, uh, the number of closings we have, but more importantly, the number of just housing units we need based on household formation and so on and so forth. We're like, we're somewhere between 2 million and 5 million, depending upon who you ask and which report you read. But the point is we're millions of housing units short. And, you know, there's, there are some things that, you know, the administration has tried to do to invigorate that, but they're also dealing, yes, they want that, but you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You can't raise interest rates. You can't destroy demand, but then expect everybody to build out a bunch of, of inventory to bridge the gap. It just doesn't make sense for the people that are footing the bill and inheriting the risk to build higher priced properties, which is why so many builders are like middle of the road right now. Of course, there's also a huge push for affordable housing. Uh, and we need more of that because of the number of people that have been priced out of the market and the and the clear difference between the increase in housing related costs versus wages right there's a there's a big disparity there and i do believe there are more affordable housing units that need to be uh constructed but just in the grand scheme of things we are just we're short we're extremely short on available inventory and again that's what's keeping prices fairly level right now if inventory shoots through the roof, I mean, there's there, there are all these articles or YouTube videos, wherever you go, uh, you know, everybody out there is always vying for your attention. They're trying to do what they can to, you know, get you to commit to giving them a few moments of your time, which is why they have to create catchier and catchier and ridiculous, you know, article headings or, you know, pictures of a guy uh and, and looking behind them and there's a huge tidal wave with houses at the top of the crest of the hill that or, or the wave about to crash down on this guy. I mean, it's just, 
it, it gets a little ridiculous, right? It's some of it's for entertainment. Some of it's because they just want to make money from YouTube. Uh, some of it's of course, just educational in nature like this show. Um, but seasonality is going to play a big part in it. The, what will happen in the next 60 days, 90 days, maybe, um, will shape the rest of the year. In, in my opinion, because real estate's a lagging indicator of the economy, right? What happens economically then shows up in housing. Um, but what's been really interesting is that when interest rates dropped and we had this massive surge uh, in in transactions and in interest, uh, what that did for the country economically is pretty incredible. Um, but of course, they had to lower rates to to get a handle on things. I think the other part of this here that that um, I'd mentioned is just acceptance right? People are accepting of the fact that getting a sub 3% interest rate is probably not going to happen again for a very long time. And that traditionally a five, six, even 7% interest rate, you know, like in the grand scheme of things is okay. It's, it's manageable. You know, you talk to everybody that you know, was getting mortgages in the 80s and they love telling the stories about their double digit interest rates. And hopefully we don't get anywhere close to that anytime soon because it would absolutely break the housing market. Um, but I think we're going to harbor somewhere around five, 6%, which is probably where it should be. Um, but I think where there's just some overall acceptance of that. I think there's also acceptance on that from the seller side, which is what is creating more opportunity for buyers. I mean, if you look at new construction communities, as an example, they're paying your closing costs. They're giving you deals on upgrades. You know, they can't negotiate really the purchase price of the house because they have to maintain values in the neighborhood so that they appraise, but they're working deals out with you, you know, kind of on the, not necessarily in the back end, but uh, they're just not messing with the purchase price. So they'll give you some closing costs. They'll give you some incentives. Um, You know, it used to be back when, the market was recovering, you know, let's just call it 10 years ago. Um, I mean, I was getting gas cards. I was going on cruises. I got a computer or two for selling new construction. Now it's not like I'm, you know, I'm driving traffic to those new construction communities. That's just what the buyer wanted. I showed it to him and, oh, that's nice. Yeah, sure. I'll take a free computer um, or <laughs> go on a cruise. I'm pretty sure my clients got some of that stuff too. But anyways, you're starting to see some of that come back to incentivize, not just the general public, but the agent community to bring back buyers to these new construction developments. Challenge is a lot of agents out there are very bitter. There are some builders that when the market was really good last year, year before last, um, really kind of stuck it to agents. You know, they'd, you'd sell an $800,000, $900,000 house you know, traditional commission is is three percent. So you can do the math on that. Of course, we don't keep all that. We have to share it with, you know, our our broker, and we've got to pay taxes on it. We've got expenses and all that great stuff. But you know, instead of you earning a let's just call it a twenty five thousand dollar commission, you earn a five thousand dollar commission. Well, a lot of agents are like, you know, that's that's a lot of income that you're asking me to give up, and I'm certainly not going to ask the buyer to pay it. So. It's not like your homes are that special anyways. <laughs> I guess we'll just look somewhere else. Um, and so, you know, now they're kind of begging for, for agents to come back to their communities. And um, there are some builders out there that just, they've, they've got a lot of, they got a lot of making up to do, I think, to the agent community. Because we're the ones that bring them the business the vast majority of the time. Um, 
But I think the last thing to just mention really quickly before taking a break is that a lot of these reports that you have access to, that I have access to, are changing their tune a little bit. Like as an example, Ali Wolf is the chief economist for um, a company called Zonda. And they're the largest like new construction data company in the in North America. And earlier in the year, I'm sorry, at the very end of 2022, they were saying that prices were going to go down about 15%. Now they're kind of taking a step back and they're saying, yeah, well, you know, maybe 6% from top to bottom, but it's going to depend on, you know, how deep a decline uh, we, we will see in interest rate cuts, if at all, because that could obviously fuel the market. Uh, of course, what happens with inventory um, and then just what happens overall with, with the U.S. And, and whether or not we're going to get into a recession uh, and how bad that would be, if at all. So still a lot of things kind of left unknown, but I can just tell you from somebody that's in the business that's very active within it, um, things seem to be going pretty well. I do not have a doom and gloom uh, outlook for our little slice of heaven here in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, but if you have questions about your specific market, your home, your area, your neighborhood, your price range, or you're thinking of buying a home, let's have a conversation about that. I think that the more we can strategize, the more information we can compile, the more of a running start we can get, usually the better the experience is and the more money you make. is kind of just the bottom line there. So if I can help you with that, 843-800-0065 is uh, my cell phone, 843-800-0065. Or check us out online at listingsincharleston.com. And uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Hear the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show every Saturday morning at 9 and each Sunday morning at 10 on 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. 1250 WTMA. Expert news and views on the low country real estate scene. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, as the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I always like to take a moment and just tell y'all how much I appreciate y'all letting me be on this uh, on this program. I just used y'all a lot. I get that. I've been in Charleston for, gosh, 22 years now. So I guess y'all is just ingrained in my vocabulary at this point. But anyways, I've been on this program for 10 years, helping you guys become better informed on the housing market here in Charleston. And uh, just want to say thank you. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on this program. It's a pleasure to help those that that I can. Uh, and if I can do that for you, if you need a recommendation for somebody, if you want to talk through a situation, you're thinking of buying, selling, investing, uh, or you have a property that you would like for us to manage through our property management company, feel free to give me a call. 843-800-0065, 843-800-0065, or reach out to us through our website, listings in charleston.com. So um, we're going to get just a little political for a moment. There were some tenant leaders, housing experts, and just some some organizations in general that uh, are really pushing the Biden administration to do more to make rent affordable. Um, so obviously the Biden administration has been under pressure uh, from all different kinds of, of folks and organizations with regard to the the massive increase in rent that's going on across the country and then just the overall lack of affordable housing. And, um, you know, you've got folks that are saying that, 
you know, not only is it uh, too high, but it's unfair. We've got uh, several entities that they want to essentially mandate to, uh, rental policies. They're trying to basically streamline and um, unify leases. They're trying to create um, parameters in which, like, let's say somebody that is renting a property and the mortgage on that property is backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, like an FHA loan, um, then that owner has to give the tenant like 30 days notice before they can begin predict uh, eviction proceedings. Um, and it's just, you know, people trying to control the real estate market. Now I get it from a uh, low income, affordable housing, um, you know, government based housing, military based housing. Uh, I think creating some uniformity there, probably a good idea. Um, but if some of these things spill over into, you know, everyday consumers, I mean, think about it this way. This is, and this is very applicable. Let's say that you are a first time home buyer and you have been approved for a $300,000 purchase and you get to use three and a half percent down. Well, rather than going and buying just a single property, a house, townhouse or condo, you could go and buy a multifamily property up to four units. And if those three other units are rented, then you can count a large percentage of that income towards your own income to qualify for a more expensive property. So instead of you looking at a $300,000 property, now you're looking at a $900,000 property that's rented on three sides that not only covers your payment, but you're now making money every month. You have an investment property that you have acquired and because it's your primary residence, you don't even have to be a first-time home buyer. It's just your primary residence. You can now benefit from income. Well, they're trying to say that if you have you know, a Fannie Mae or basically an FHA mortgage, that you're going to have to give them 30 days before you can file eviction proceedings. And for the person that, really kind of stretch the budget um, to, I mean, it's, it's a risky move. Don't get me wrong. It's a risky move, but uh, could be very beneficial for, for that owner, for that buyer. So long as they have the ability to kind of carry those units when they're not rented. I mean, that would be the worst case scenario is all three tenants leave at the same time. And now you have to figure out a way to afford payments on a $900,000 property, not a $300,000 property. And so they've got some interesting um, language in here with regard to what they want to change, what they want to add. Um, a lot of it, I think, has to do with... So it's called the Blueprint for a Renter's Bill of Rights. And if you Google this, you can see the actual bill. I printed it off here. I read through it. Um, frankly, not a lot of it has to do with the general public, but some of it does. And that's what the cause for concern is, but it's basically a five parter. It's, it's, uh, it's addressing safe quality, accessible and affordable housing, creating clear and fair leases, uh, focusing on education enforcement and enhancement of renter rights, the right to organize, and then eviction prevention, diversion, and relief. 
uh, and there have been tens of billions of dollars that have been deployed um, over the past uh, few years with regard to these issues. So I encourage you, if this is something of interest to you, to take a look at it, um, read more about it. But from my perspective, you know, you're paying to borrow someone else's house because you can't afford your own. If you stop making your payments, you can't stay. And what the government's doing or proposing to do is just going to make it harder for the people that actually own the properties to recoup those losses because you're basically baking in one month of what we call vacancy loss, which diminishes their cash flow, which hurts their ability to um, you know, use that property as intended, as a cash flowing property. Not many people I know get into real estate just to break even. So interesting things abound. When we come back for just a few minutes, I want to give you a few questions, things that you should be thinking about right now. If you want to hire a real estate agent, okay? These are the good ones, the good questions you want to ask. So stick around for the last few minutes of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. More stimulating talk on real estate matters with Brian Beatty next on 1250 WTMA. 1250 WTMA, the Big Talker. Now, here's more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, to the last few minutes of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. So I promised you guys a few questions that you could ask real estate agents if you're thinking of getting into the market this year. And these are in question, these are questions I think are extremely important because, again, the market has changed there is more demand than we thought there would be so far this year, but it's still a slower market, a different market than, frankly, a lot of agents are used to. So unless they've been selling real estate for a long time and been and have been successful in those markets at that point in time, then there's some skill sets that people are learning as they go. And you need to decide whether you want to learn with them or, or allow them to learn with you as, as uh, you being their client, or if you want to just jump straight to the person that really knows what they're doing. Um, not to say that they can't help you or that they're not competent, but I think you know what I mean. So these are a few things that um, if I were in your position, I would be asking agents. And I think the first one is, you know, hey, do you have any incentives? Do you have any guarantees? Uh, do you have any discounts? Like anything aside from just the value that you provide, the experience you provide, so on and so forth. I personally am a believer in options. I am not a believer in one size fits all. I am not going to just take a person's house that they want to sell, stick it on a conveyor belt, and at the end of 30 days say, well, I guess it didn't sell. We should probably reduce the price, right? Um, we need different options for different people based on what their goals are. Maybe you want to sell really quickly because there's urgency associated with your sale. Maybe you don't care how long it takes so long as you get a certain price that you want or need. Most people are somewhere in the middle, but we need to have incentives and game plans that match the intention of the client. And so that's why we have a variable commission program. Um, you know, I think another big one right now, especially with the changes in the market, is how did people arrive at their asking prices? You need, when you're interviewing a listing agent, you need that agent to prove to you that they can justify your price because a lot of it, this is something that happens that you probably don't know, but a lot of agents out there will call me on my listings and say, Hey, you know, do you have any comps? How did you get to that? They don't know how to comp the property. They do not know how to price it effectively, which is why they're asking. 
And that's like the worst thing they could do because I'm the listing agent. I represent the seller. I'm going to do everything in my power to justify our price. Buyer agents should be justifying their price. Of course, we've got data that you can uh, provide opinion on, but um, they need to be able to explain their price. Um, You need to talk with them about what can be done, if anything, to maximize your sales price. Um, And a little hint, 50 to 80% of what you spend on your house, you're going to get back. That's basically the going rate right now. Um, How proactively do you identify buyers uh, for my home? How do you identify sellers for me if I'm looking in the market? What happens if I'm not okay with your level of service? What's your strategy if traffic is slow or if the home just doesn't sell quickly? These are things we're going to talk about next show. I'm out of time. Uh, But if you'd like to reach out to me, 843-800-0065 or listingsincharleston.com. You guys enjoy your weekend and thanks for listening to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Join us for another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show next Saturday morning at 9 and Sunday morning at 10. Contact Brian Beatty online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. That's 843-400-8009.